I'm Daniel, and you're listening to Time in the Word on Faith FM. Today I'm here with Talitha from the Deloraine Seventh-day Adventist Youth Group in Tasmania, and we're going to be studying John chapter 3 and verse 16. How are you going today, Talitha? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm really good. I'm very excited to be studying God's Word with you. And um, would you like to say a little prayer for us before we begin? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask that you will open our hearts and minds and may well, let us be receptive to this study that we do, that we may get a blessing from your words and learn so much more about your love, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. That was so beautiful. Thank you. I'm wondering, we'll get straight into it, and we're studying John 3.16 today, which is so well known, uh, one of the most well-known verses of Scripture in the whole Bible, and has been called the little gospel for a lot of different reasons. Would you like to read it for us today? Sure. So, I'm reading from the New King James Version. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Wow, that's amazing stuff, isn't it? It is. What an impactful verse. You know, for a lot of reasons, this verse has changed the world and it's changed so many different lives. But let me ask you, Talitha, what does this verse mean to you? Honestly, this verse is my entire hope and life. Like, I could not be the person that I am without this verse. I I could not have the love or receive the love that I have from God without this verse and understanding His love. And that's really what the verse is about, isn't it? That's the key verb there. And uh, for God, yours said so loved. Mine just says loved. I'm, I've got a new living translation. But uh, it really is a derivative of the Greek word agape. And I don't know if you're aware or not, but there's several words in Greek that are used to describe love. And uh, they're much more specific than we are. Sometimes, you know, we talk about friendship love and we still use that same word, whereas they have a different word, which is uh, phileo. And, and there's a couple other words like that as well, eros. And so this agape love is the unconditional love that a mother has for a child. And uh, it's really all-encompassing, all-embracing love. It's uh, very profound that John picks this particular love to talk about God's love for us. Yeah. You uh, were saying before that there's some cross-referencing in your Bible that elaborates a little bit of the truths there in John 3.16. Would you like to share that? Absolutely. So my Bible references Romans 5.8. And that reads, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. And to me, that just hits me so hard because it's not while we're perfect. It's not after we've changed our lives and tried to be better. It's how we are. We could be the worst people. We have made the worst choices. And he sent his son to die for us and I can't imagine doing that at all, but for somebody to give their life so selflessly just to cover our sins and to save us in our states, which is just with filthy rags, it's amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. And I love the verse that you read from Romans because it really tells us when God loved us. And, you know, John 3.16 says, God so loved the world. And you might ask, when did he love me? Did he love me when I was at my best? Did he love me when, he, when I was at my most righteous? But as you rightly pointed out, no, God loved me when I was a sinner, when I was at my worst. And, uh, and in fact, not just me, although I do believe that it was just for me, but it says it's for the world. And uh, as we've looked throughout the book of John and as we've studied it, there's these different themes that John brings out. And there's light and darkness and there's all above and below and all of these different themes, spirit and flesh, 
But one of the themes that John brings up again and again is the concept of the world. And the world actually is seen as being a bad thing in John's writings. You know, we talk about Christians, you know, not wanting to be concerned with the world, but being concerned with the kingdom of heaven, being drawn and tempted to go after the world. And that's really, we get that terminology from John. And uh, that tells you the sort of God he is. He loves something actually that hates him. As it says in John 1, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. So we really are born in a situation where we're outside of God's will and yet he loves us. All right, well, uh, let's move on a little bit. It says that he, he loved the world. He said that God so loved the world that he gave. just want us to have a little think about that word gave. As followers of God, what does that tell us about how we're supposed to live? For me, it says that I have to live self-sacrificially, you know, that I have to give of myself. And uh, just as he gave his one and only son, just as he gave of himself, and that I live in stewardship and I live in self-sacrifice. Yeah, I completely agree. And for me, it also is just a point. It's something we cannot pay back. It was given. It was not intended for us to pay it back because there is no way that we can. Mm. It is the most pure an awesome gift that anybody could ever receive. Like it is the ultimate gift. And it's just amazing to think that it's one that was given freely. It wasn't paid for by us. It was paid for by him. And yeah, just to change our lives so immensely and give us eternal life. It's such a beautiful thought and everything about it is so beautiful. Yeah, thank you, Talitha. That's amazing. It really is. And the, the idea of the gift, you know, I want you to think for a moment, just take this visual of a Christmas tree. Now, not everyone celebrates Christmas, but let's say that you do. You've got a Christmas tree there and there's a gift that's wrapped underneath it and it's got your name under it. And that gift is for you and it's been given to you. And you're going to take that gift and what are you going to do with it? Are you going to open it or are you going to leave it on the shelf? Sometimes we will say, well, I've got a lot of gifts to unwrap today or, or maybe I'll do it tomorrow and we'll leave it up there on a shelf and we'll leave it there for a while. And if we forget about it, it'll sit up there on the shelf and it won't ever be opened. And that gift will be ours. It will have been bought for us and given to us, but we won't ever have received the benefit of it unless we actually take it down and we unwrap it and we take it and begin to use it as our own. And there's a great little B word in this verse, which I think is really the key to how we unwrap this free gift. How does it read in your Bible there, in John 3.16, right in the center, there's a word that starts with B. Believes. You got it. <laughs> there's the key that we use to open the door. Could it really be that simple? It can. It is. It's plain. It's in God's word right there that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's amazing. I love the word believe. And here's the thing, though, in our language, English language, we have a sense that you can believe in something without it having anything to do with your actual life. And I don't believe that's the way that John's using this word here. For example, we can believe that trees are real and we don't ever actually pay any attention to trees. We can believe that our parents are real and yet we can completely ignore or not pay any attention to our parents. And in this sense, you know, it's not just about believing that God's real. It's about putting our faith in him. And it's the same word that's translated to have faith in the Greek. So the word is pistuo in Greek. So uh, we've got to put our faith in God. It's not just about a believing in, it's believing on. But when we do that, we say, Lord, I believe that you're able to save me. I'm not able to save myself, but I believe you're able to save me. You know, this is the faith that takes us from death to life. And uh, the interesting thing about that is that it really does seem to be our choice. Can you see an aspect of choice there in that verse? Absolutely. The choice is offered because you can't force somebody to believe in something. 
He's given us that choice. He's given us the option. He's laid out instruction or I need a better word for instruction, but he's given us that wording so that we know it's a choice, that we can choose it to unwrap that gift, that we can, yeah, choose to take it down off that shelf, grab it from under that Christmas tree and fully embrace that gift and just get lost in who he is and his love for us. Well, that's that's really well said, Talitha, and, and it really reminds us of a lot of Old Testament verses. I'm thinking of, for example, right there in Genesis, you know, when God puts before Adam and Eve a choice, you know, the tree of life or the tree of knowledge of good and evil, in which case they would receive death. And then Moses gets up and he says, I place before you today blessings or cursings, life or death, and that now choose life so that you and your children might live. And Elijah did the same thing on top of the mountain. This is the same choice that God has placed before his people. And this is the sort of God he is, that he doesn't force his love on us, is that he loves us desperately and he gave everything so that he could save us. But he doesn't force that decision. It's up to us. Well, Talitha, we're out of time now, and it's been such a privilege to study this verse with you. No worries. Thank you for having me. It's been tremendous. And well, we've been studying John chapter 316, and join us again next time as we continue our study through the book of John. And uh, I'm Daniel, and uh, you've been listening to Time in the Word with, uh, with Talitha, and I uh, thank you for listening today.